Hello, PolyM fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hey there, Polly and fam, and welcome back to Talk Your Polly Off. Hello, welcome. We're snowed in. Yeah, we are. We've been snowed in for a couple days now. Yeah. We are in the Pacific Northwest. We're in Vancouver, Washington. And man, this whole Arctic freeze thing happening across the country. We finally got all of our winter snow in like three days. Yeah, it's great because you missed it for Christmas. I did. There's that. There's like a meme going around Facebook that's like, oh, that Christmas snow you ordered from Wish is finally here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been really fun for me. We got... Friday off of work because yeah. it was now okay hold on back up <laughs> everyone across the country lots of people get snow lots of people are way colder than we are here however we get this weird freezing rain ice wind concoction yeah that causes awful driving conditions also people around here don't know how to really drive in snow correct I am a California transplant I know that my ass does not turn into the slide like I'm supposed to, and I have an emotional reaction, and I slam on the brakes when I'm not supposed to. Right, and I'm a Wyoming transplant (laughs) where I grew up in five feet of snow (laughs) eight months out of the year, and this is no big deal to me. Well, and so you know how to handle, like, a fishtail on ice. I know how to create a (laughs) fishtail. With awesomeness. Yeah, but things like that. Whereas I panic and freak out. So I'm the driver you don't want on the road. And I'm aware of that. I'm very self-aware. And I'm the driver that's usually burning cookies in a parking lot. (laughs) Sliding and sledding with my car. Right, right. So Portland, Vancouver, the whole area kind of shuts down when snow and ice hits. Even if it's only like an inch, like not even. Right. A little powdering, go home. Right. So Friday we got off work. And um, we weren't quite sure how big this storm was going to get, even though I had been following it for weeks. Yes, you had. (laughs) And it turns out, like, some areas got a foot of snow. We got up to seven inches here. (laughs) Other places got more ice, like an, an inch or so thick of ice. And I know people were sliding all over freeways, and it was super dangerous. So we just stayed home all weekend. Yeah, we made chili. We did. We made chili and cornbread and some deviled eggs. We didn't go anywhere, and you even came outside to play in the snow with me on Saturday. I did. We tried to build snowmen. So I left Wyoming because (laughs) I detest snow and super cold weather. Like, I lived in Wyoming and Montana for a long freaking time, and I needed out because I was tired of that stuff. Right. Pacific Northwest, pretty nice place. Might get a little snow, might not. Still hate it every time I see it. (laughs) But yes, I went out with you and we played in the snow. The, our first attempt at snowmen didn't go so well. No. It wasn't sticking. It, every time we got our ball going, it would fall apart. Right. <laughs> so then we made some snow angels. We got in a little snowball fight, kind of walked around the neighborhood to check it out. And then a little bit later, your wife Violet came over and we were successful in making a little mini snowman. Yeah, each of us made one of the parts of the body. One of the balls. I was trying to refrain from saying balls. <laughs> I know, that's why I wanted to say it. 
Yeah, and so then we just made this mini guy, and we stuck him up on this tree stump that we've got, and um, turned out pretty well. Yeah. Made some more snow angels, and had a good time. Yeah, even had another snowball fight. Yeah. So it was fun. It was good. It's still here. <laughs> we are recording this just the Sunday, on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, happy Valentine's happy Day. Happy Valentine's. You're my little heart right there. Just a little one? You're my little. little. I am your little. <laughs> so you're a little heart. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, you will. <laughs> and since our anniversary was just last week, we tend to not really do much for Valentine's. But happy, happy Valentine's to everybody who does celebrate it. Yeah, and if you don't celebrate it, cool. And if you hate it, cool. Happy, <laughs> hate Valentine's Day or whatever you want to do. <laughs> but yeah, we do still have our whole seven inches of snow. And we're supposed to get some warm rain t tonight, this afternoon. Supposedly it's going to wash it away, but overnight we'll get freezing temps again, and maybe we'll get another... Oh, you already have tomorrow off I work. get a holiday tomorrow, yeah. You do. I don't get President's Day off. Well, sorry. Maybe I'll get an ice day. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, that was our weekend. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend and survived the Arctic freeze. So speaking of the snow and all of the stuff, and I talked about how I lived in it so much that I hated it. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of brought baggage into our relationship a little bit regarding the snow and tons of other things, I'm sure. <laughs> so it's great because today we want to talk about baggage and boundaries. Right. And the snow is a great example of how someone might bring some baggage that kind of poo-poos a relationship a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> poo-poos a relationship. <laughs> You've never really experienced too much snow because of your California life. Mm -hmm. So when you do get to experience it, you see it as a thing of beauty and wonder and magic. magic. Yeah. So when I lived in it so much and it became this dreary, downtrodden death trap, I have a lot of emotional baggage around snow. Yes. And then we're coming into this relationship, and we're polar opposites on this thing. You love it, and you adore it, and I wish it would just melt and die. <laughs> and we have to learn how, well, I have to learn how to handle my baggage in a way that doesn't negatively affect our relationship. Definitely. So let's talk about baggage. Well, I think it's something that as humans... We all come into relationships with baggage. Like, it's not like, oh, I don't want to date you because you've got baggage. You would never date anyone. Well, and that's something you do hear a lot. Well, don't date that person. They have a lot of baggage. Right. Yeah, and it's kind of a really negative stigma and pretty unfair. Absolutely. Again, everyone's got experiences from their past. Good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. People bring... Their experience, their beliefs, their stories, all this stuff creates and adds to their baggage, even their trauma. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing, right. but we've all got it. Well, and you think about it, you know, when you think about someone with relationship baggage, they've been hurt a lot in their past. And that's their trauma that mm -hmm. they're trying to heal from or learn from or grow from. When you think about relationships and baggage, you think about relationship baggage right but as i just explained with the snow stuff my deep hatred for snow <laughs> does affect our relationship at times so even non-relationship baggage is still baggage right right it comes as it's part of you it's yeah. part of your history and your story yeah. it's your life experience yeah and i do want to touch on um something a little bit heavier like a trauma that happened earlier in someone's life whether in relationship or childhood or whatever okay I think 
again, I'm the eternal optimist in things. So I feel like um, a trauma of some sort, a big event, can actually kind of help you shape those healthy boundaries. Okay. So like a lot of people are like, oh, there's like this big major trauma thing. I'm easily triggered with things. I bring it in my baggage. It affects my relationships. And it tends to be framed in such a big negative way. Yeah. But we were talking earlier before recording, and honestly, I think it could be flipped into a good thing. And generally it can. I mean, it could still be devastating and leave a lot of emotional scars. Yeah. And I would never wish trauma on anyone. Right, but it's from those scars that we learn to grow. Yeah. When we learn... So for me, personally, right? I've had a few bad relationships. I've also got some trauma from a parent who drank too much through growing up. And so that affects me in other relationships now, right? My parent trauma has nothing to do with my love romantic relationships, but it does end up overflowing and I'm aware of it and it skews my view of things. So I have to be a little bit more in check or set my boundaries around. I don't want to date someone who drinks. If I do, X, Y, and Z needs to happen. That's or... obviously not her boundary. <laughs> <laughs> because I have known to drink once or twice <laughs> in my life. Just here and there. But just as an example of something that wasn't a relationship trauma, it was just a childhood trauma, still affects relationships. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm able, I could take that and, and create those healthy boundaries from it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that we don't know what our boundaries are until we experience what we don't want in a lot of ways, right? Or if we know what we don't want. And that's that's where learning from your baggage is important when it comes to developing your own personal boundaries. Right. And the baggage isn't a bad thing. The baggage is, like we said earlier, your life experience. It's what shaped you into who you are. When the baggage becomes detrimental to your existence it's when you don't know how to pack the baggage and you don't know how to handle the baggage and it just scatters and clutters and overwhelms everything in your existence yeah and that's when it's important to learn what your baggage is and how to manage it in a way that makes you feel better okay so more story time okay i had one relationship a while ago actually my ex-husband he was a little bit of a pushover. Like, I don't want to badmouth him. He was a good guy. Right. But he never made decisions in anything. Like, even just ordering. We'd go out to dinner. And, like, I had to make all the decisions. I had to flag down a waiter. Like I'm feeling called out right now. <laughs> why? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he didn't, he didn't do anything. And so I found myself taking control a lot. I don't like to. And I don't want to take control. It wasn't really my thing. So then I overcorrected. I set a boundary that like, I didn't want to date anyone who was more of a pushover. I wanted someone like dominant and in charge and makes all the decisions. I'm going to be like 24 seven submissive. I don't want to choose anything. And I found myself in another abusive relationship on the other extreme where he was not an appropriate dom and very much took bad control of things, controlled my life, pulled me away from family and friends, whole big bad situation. 
And so here's two different traumatic situations and relationships for me where I overcorrected, went too far, and now I find myself after that relationship unsure what I want. Like, do I want someone who knows what they want and can take control? Do I want someone who wants me to be more in control? It was very confusing. Right. Well, and if we're to dissect that, if I'm allowed to dissect your life, yeah. bit, the concept of, oh, I learned that I don't want to be the one making all the decisions. I want to be having decisions made for me sometimes because I don't want all that responsibility all that time. Right. If you're not fully managing or understanding what the root of your baggage is and learning how to pack it in a way that it's beneficial going forward, then yes, you are going to tend to overcorrect. Right. And you're going to end up making more baggage on the opposite side of the spectrum. So on one hand, it's rough because you start getting a lot of baggage, which is one of the terms that a lot of people use. And you start having all these unmanaged feelings or thoughts or you don't know where your boundaries are. And on the other hand, it's good because it's giving you more life experiences right. to learn how to handle what you've taken on. Well, that's, you know, coming into our relationship after these both have long passed, realizing that I kind of need a balance. Right. <laughs> I need a little bit of both. You know, some days I kind of take control and some days I just don't want to. Right. And so they were both, while traumatic, terrible relationships, they taught me all these good things that I now know about my wants and needs, especially when it comes to relationships. Yeah. That's one of the healthy ways of being able to learn what your baggage is. And we keep saying baggage, but it's, it's a generalized term. We're not creating a negative connotation around this. We're trying to phrase it in a way that's commonly understood and then right. trying to help people see that it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just learning how to manage your past experience. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. like, if you keep hearing the word baggage and that upsets you, please understand that we're not trying to shed some darkness on this thought process. We're trying to use common terms or phrases to continue this conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, just think about it like you're taking a multiple-stop vacation and you're literally pulling your baggage right. with you and you stop at Disneyland and you've got, you know, some trinkets that you collected that go in your bag. And then you go to Universal Studios and you're going to collect some more that go in your bag. You're literally pulling your baggage. It seems like you haven't left California No, yet. I know all the places in California. I don't know the places You everywhere. didn't mention Paris or Japan or Brazil. You're just like... All these amusement places in California. I know theme parks. <laughs> Do we want to go to Raging Waters next? It's where the 10, 210, and 57 meet in San Dimas. That's not Raging Waters. That is Raging Waters. No, go watch some Bill and Ted. No. You'll know the real name when you see that. <laughs> it's the San Dimas Water Slides. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, we've talked a lot about this baggage stuff, and, and it's important to understand the root of why you get into certain aspects of a relationship or why you do things a certain way or how you're conditioned or how you've conditioned yourself mm -hmm. to move forward in the next relationship. So let's talk about one of the ways to really help pack your baggage correctly, and that's boundaries. Yeah, definitely. I think first we need to kind of address, like, what are boundaries in relationship? I mean, to me... A boundary is something that 
really helps you define your comfort levels. Yeah. I'm comfortable with this. This is okay. This isn't okay. As well as how you want to be treated. You know, without those boundaries, people have a free for all. They've got free reign to treat you as they want because they're going to do it off their lens and their life experience. So if there's no conversation about these are my boundaries, then they're just, they don't know what parameters to work with. Yeah. And when you think about it, boundaries are either that resounding fuck yes <laughs> or that definite hard no, right? Where you do not want this to happen or you are expecting or hoping to gain this from a relationship. Mm-hmm. So these are what you will and will not deal with. Right. And I do think they're fluid in that they can change. Oh, definitely. You know, you we talk a lot about checking in with our partners and stuff like that. Yeah. And in a lot of those, like... Maybe my boundary around touch is changing. And while I used to only want my arms touched, now I'm open to, you know, I'm more comfortable with you. So my legs can be touched now Mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever your boundary is. But they are fluid and changing. But if someone gives you a boundary in the moment of don't touch my legs and you cross it, now there's a problem. But if there's a conversation around, are you feeling more comfortable with this? And that's discussed that's different right right so basically if you can recall a long time back we had an episode about a personal bill of rights Mm -hmm. and we talked about these sorts of things where you want to figure out what your bill of rights are you want to figure out what you will and won't do you want to figure out where you want your relationship to go where you definitely don't want it to go these sorts of things and the bill of rights of a person is going to consistently change. Yeah. Like if the universe has any one good solid thing is that the change is imminent. Yeah. And we're always growing and changing. So what I feel like there are different types of boundaries and like for me, they can be broken down to material boundaries, mental, emotional, and spiritual boundaries, physical boundaries, sexual boundaries, these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And Within those basic or umbrella boundaries is where you get your fine-tuning. Yeah. Right? So with the touch example that you provided, that's a physical boundary, which could lead into a sexual boundary. Mm -hmm. You could say, I'm down to do all sorts of kinky stuff, but leave my butt alone. Right. Right? Right. Or... You know, don't touch my toes. <laughs> I fucking hate my toes touched. <laughs> I will kick you in the teeth. <laughs> right. Well, and one of my boundaries is don't kick me in the teeth. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> so they go hand in hand. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do have just a couple examples of some boundaries that are simple, basic. If you're getting started with trying to set your boundaries, right, I definitely recommend writing them down. And then trying to visualize them. Yeah, definitely. And this goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about the last few episodes. Learning who you are Mm -hmm. and what you want and don't want. Learning about yourself so you can learn the relationship more. So as you're going through these episodes and you're creating your personal profile. Yeah, almost like doing homework, so to speak, with each episode. This boundaries that she's talking about is just going right into that. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're good. And these are just a few. These are, again, simple examples, um, and they may not pertain to you. So, like, for example, learning to say no to tasks, right? I always struggled to say no, and 
growing up, people would ask me to do things, maybe not as a child, because I had attitude, but as a young adult, someone would ask me to do something and I really wouldn't or couldn't, but I'd find a way and I was always saying yes, so I struggled to say no. Now you literally write that down, visualize your, yourself saying no to someone. So say no to tasks, ask for help. Lots of people struggle with asking for help. Saying yes to help that's offered. That's a tough one. Right? Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to need help. Um, asking for space, especially in relationships sometimes. Now, I don't struggle with this because I no, know. No, you've gotten pretty good at this. <laughs> I know I love my space, but sometimes people feel smothered and overwhelmed, but they think it's a bad thing to say, I need my alone time. Yeah. And it's not. So practicing asking for your space is a good basic boundary to work on. So I think when you practice it personally, you could learn how to practice it in a different way. Yeah. Instead of being like, leave me the fuck alone, Monsada. <laughs> Get out of my fucking face, Monsada. <laughs> Fuck off and die, monster. Fuck off and die. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it say in our intro, this is Bella, a ray of sunshine, full of giggles. (laughs) Fuck off. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. I've got a few more. (laughs) So after, like, asking for your space... Uh, maybe protecting your time, right? So a lot of times, like I was saying before, we say yes to things a lot, even when maybe we don't have the fucking time or energy to do it. So being able to say no when you need to say no um, to protect your time. And then my last one is dropping the guilt and responsibility for others. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing. Like you can't control what someone does or says. And even if they take something we said on the podcast and then they run with it in a totally wrong, bad direction, that's not my fault. I will not feel guilty for someone else's actions. (laughs) Right. So to add to some of what you're saying, I think that one of the ways that you can learn how to establish your boundaries better with others is to learn how to set up boundaries for yourself. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about boundaries in a relationship and your relationship with yourself is supremely important because it, I believe, directly reflects your relationship with others, no matter who they are. Partners, family, friends, coworkers, you know the spiel, right? So creating your boundaries with yourself are learning how to give yourself like rules and guidelines that you want to have with yourself in order to improve your own life. Okay. One of the first ones that you can learn how to do is your personal self-talk. Mm-hmm. Telling yourself that you don't need to listen to that negative side of your brain and you don't need to listen to the diminishment it provides you on a regular basis. Yeah. Because if you listen to that side of yourself, that, that condemning side then you're more willing to listen to that from others because if you can tell yourself that, then obviously other people have the right to tell you that because it's true. Right. So that's a great boundary to start having is stop listening to the negative side of yourself. You can still get your own personal criticism Mm -hmm. and your own personal guidance, but it doesn't have to be in a way that makes you feel like shit. Right. Yeah, that's a really good one. And then, you know, you could have other boundaries. Like I decide I want to stop overeating because I'm tired of feeling like garbage all the time and I want to this came up because we overate yesterday because we're snowed in and we're eating a lot (laughs) well I mean like it didn't but that's a great example it's it's one of those things where if you're setting your own personal boundaries in your life 
I feel like I need to exercise more. Again, reference the planning episode that we had. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the boundaries I set to go forward in my life starting in 2021. And so I'm more practicing what I'm preaching here. Mm -hmm. Not because I want to tell the world what to do. Because I don't. Like, you do what you want to do. But if I'm finding value in it, and if I'm going to talk about it, I want to be able to do it. Right. And so I've done a lot of boundary setting for myself when I was doing all of my planning. And when I go back and revisit that planner, I'm reinforcing my boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. So that also helps you not just change your self-talk, but also provides a personal acceptance and personal permissions. I think permissions is good in a way that if you're giving yourself permission to say, I deserve this and I, and this belongs in my life, you're giving yourself permission to accept it yeah. from yourself so that when you go to set these boundaries like you were talking about with others, that it's you've already practiced this in a way that when you approach and communicate your boundaries with a partner or a loved one of another fashion, then you already understand what the acceptance of a boundary feels like because you've done it. Yeah. So you're creating your own positive baggage here on acceptance of boundaries and permissions to have those boundaries. Well, I think that really helps on the other side of things too, when your partner is sitting you down to talk about their boundaries and now you have to be the one listening and paying attention and accepting their boundaries, just like you had to accept your own. Right. So I think that experience, like you were saying, really helps in the communication and comprehension of setting relationship boundaries. Right, because boundary setting and even just communication of boundaries is really tough to do at first. And even in times where the boundary is a very serious conversation. Right. It's a difference between stop eating all the Hershey's kisses (laughs) and, I don't know, like, don't touch me when I'm asleep. Right. Right? Like, there's serious different levels. And then having a hard conversation is really tough to do. And why is that? Because... First off, because you're not getting used to having that permission that it's okay to do that from yourself. Yeah. You spend a lot of time talking about how, you know, self-talking about how you're you're not good enough or you're stupid or whatever that role is that runs through a head. Mm-hmm. Or just that why do you think you even deserve that or whatever. So if we can diminish that, then those hard conversations are a little easier. Yeah. But then there's also the concept that, I love you and I adore you and off air, you and I have had some hard conversations that I wasn't ready to have. I didn't (laughs) want to have because I had a boundary about something, but I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. So that's another aspect of it. You don't want to hurt another person by saying, Hey, I like you and you're swell, but this thing I don't like. Right. Really. I think it's the same reason that like when you, do something in a relationship that you don't mean to do, but it hurts your partner, which in turn makes me cry. (laughs) Right. Because I'm like, no, I didn't mean to hurt you. Right. And so then I'm upset that I've hurt you, even if it's talking about a boundary. Yeah. We're all upset. This is a terrible conversation. Even on top of that, say it's not a matter of, I don't want to upset my partner. I don't want to hurt their feelings. What if you're also worried about your own feelings getting hurt? Yeah. I don't want to express my boundaries. I feel like that there have been times you've come to me 
and had a hard time having conversations with me about a personal boundary of yours. Yeah. Because you might be afraid that I'm going to blow up or get mad. Mm -hmm. And whether that's through our personal experience together or if that's you bringing in that boundaries from another previous relationship, you're afraid of getting treated poorly. Right. In the past, when I brought up a boundary or an issue of any sort, I got yelled at, so now he's going to yell at me. I know it's coming, even right. though that's not the truth. That also reminds me of the situation. A friend of mine, um, she recently wanted to speak to her boyfriend about moving in together and living together. Uh-huh. And she was so afraid of her feelings getting hurt that she didn't want to have the conversation. It wasn't even just like, hey, let's move in right now. It's let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was so afraid to have that conversation, not because she felt like she was going to hurt him, but she was so scared of the rejection from it. And so it was that like whatever was coming off of her partner, however he was going to react to it. Right. That she was afraid and then she didn't want to talk about and have this difficult conversation. This happened to be about moving in and living together versus a boundary, but it's the same kind of idea. But it's not different than a boundary because what she's doing is she's asking permission to talk about a potential boundary that he might have yeah. about living with a partner. True. And so it's still a conversation about a boundary. It just wasn't her boundary. Yeah. It was her asking permission to see if the boundary line can change, yeah. which they do on occasion. Yeah, no, that's very true. And that's that's another relevant part about boundaries is that maybe maybe when you're starting in a relationship with someone you don't want a certain boundary crossed. And as time goes on, you're more comfortable with pushing that boundary back because of your trust and comfort level with a partner. Right. It becomes a little bit more flexible. Uh, You know, and I'll give a little story. It's a (laughs) small anecdotal thing. But when I first get with a partner, like, you know, bathroom stuff is private. (laughs) And a partner doesn't need to know anything about that. And like, just... Don't even look at it. Pretend it doesn't exist, right? right? The bathroom's just off limits. So when, like, we're starting to date, if I had to pee, I'm going to try to secrete that as much as possible. <laughs> I want to, well, I guess secrete was a really <laughs> bad choice of words. I'm picturing pee coming out of your skin. <laughs> right. I want to keep that as private as possible. Yeah. So I'm going to go to the farthest away bathroom or I'm going to wait until I get home. And as time goes on, okay, I'm all right with using the bathroom when my partner's in the next room and they may hear the stream. Right. Right. And this is stupid. And it's probably one of the things that I'm hung up on that most people don't get hung up on. (laughs) But like it goes so far to where like, okay, well, if I'm going to go in there to pee, I don't care if the bathroom door is open or not, whatever. Yeah. Right. So that's a humorous example of how boundary levels can change. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But there's more serious ones, too. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we talked a lot about our individual ones. My boundaries, your boundaries, the new partner's boundaries. But I think as we are in the polyamorous world, there's also boundaries for couples. Like, we talk a lot about it, like, when people are seeking a triad, you know, and they come out with all their rules from the get-go. And I understand that that's kind of the sequence of events that happens and the natural flow of people learning what's ethical and not ethical right but when people snap back and they're like oh don't have rules you want to set boundaries 
This is kind of what they're talking about where, hey, you and I are together. We want to try to, you know, date this girl over here. Instead of saying, you can't sleep with her without protection, simply say, I'm not comfortable sleeping with you if you're having outside sex without protection. Right. So instead of putting that rule on somebody else, you internally reflect, and I'm not comfortable sleeping with you once you've had unprotected sex. Right. So you still set your boundary up, even though it's like a couple situation, and it's about the two of you and dating this other person or him dating someone else or whatever that dynamic is. It's a boundary based on your couple relationship. Right. So maybe we should have a full episode on boundaries versus rules. I think that's going to come in like season two when we get out of the personal development stuff. Okay, good. Okay, so when we're talking about the boundaries and learning what you're comfortable with, what you don't want to happen whether it's with yourself or through a partnership or even a family member. Sometimes you're not aware that your boundary has been violated in a direct way, or sometimes you don't realize that you have a boundary around something until something happens. Right. And maybe you're not fully into the communication mode where you're directly and explicitly discussing these boundaries in a way that a partner might understand. Because we all have been raised differently, we all have had different life experiences. When we have our personal life experiences, something that I might see as a boundary would seem like an obvious thing. I really have this boundary around the bathroom stuff, as an example. Mm -hmm. And that seems to me blatantly obvious. (laughs) Because... It's my life experience, you know, that has driven this boundary into my existence. Right. But we sometimes don't remember that what seems blatantly obvious to each of us isn't blatantly obvious to others. Where, like, other people might have grown up, like, Violet grew up in a house where the bathroom wasn't such a stigmatized thing. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, going in and doing your makeup while someone's using the bathroom is not a big deal. Right. Uh, That that was something that was a little tougher for me. It was super stigmatized in my upbringing. Right. So it's like, once that door's closed, stay away. (laughs) Don't come in. And we actually did struggle a little bit for a while because she didn't have that understanding of that boundary. Yeah. Because she didn't grow up that way. Well, and I think that's where the communication of maybe why the boundaries... You know, like, sure, in a new relationship, you could sit down and be like, okay, laying out all my boundaries. Don't do this. Don't do this. I want this. I don't want this. Whatever. But talking about your past and your history and your trauma or childhood experiences and explaining where these boundaries come from will help your partner have a better understanding. Right. And that's kind of where I'm going. Like, if we don't know what the other boundary is or why it's there... We don't understand the importance of the boundary and may be more inclined to cross that boundary unknowingly or unwittingly or even intentionally thinking that it's not a big deal. Right. So having that communication is important. And this is why it's important for us to learn what our own personal boundaries are as we go forward Mm -hmm. so that when we do communicate, we can communicate efficiently and we can have a reason for it that's understood right and then 
if if you're realizing that certain things are bothering you or upsetting you in a relationship regarding a specific thing, it could be that your body or your brain is telling you, my boundary keeps getting crossed and it's making me uncomfortable. Yeah. And I want that to change. And this develops through like resentment mm -hmm. and anger and sadness. Resentment's a really great example of this. If you're living your life with a partner, whether you're living together or not, like if when you're spending time with this person, if they keep doing something and you start growing a little bitter about it, that's like a flag gets waved that says, right. hey, you need to pay attention. This is something that you're not comfortable with that keeps happening. And so resentment's kind of a an indicator that you need to figure out what boundary it is that's being crossed and you need to learn how to personally pack it so that you can communicate what it is and then move forward productively with this person after that. Yeah, especially because you don't want to hold on to that resentment. It's not healthy. It doesn't feel good. And all it's going to do is damage your relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you can sit down and talk with this person and be like, man, this thing that you're doing really is starting to wear and tear on me. And I think I've probably ignored some boundary around it. So I want to have a discussion with you. Yeah. You know, and then you can let go of the resentment. You can figure out that healthy boundary and your relationship can thrive and be better. Right. A lot of what we've been talking about so far have been boundaries that I would say are important, but kind of soft in a life, right? Mm -hmm. Like if it's a really big boundary, like violation or abuse, yeah. obviously that's a hard boundary and it's a hard no. And, and you know that right away. And that's something that is dealt with differently. Yeah. So but you're talking about like it being soft in, I say yes to everyone when really I wish I could say no more often. Right. Right. It's not going to traumatically scar you or physically scar you in hurtful ways, right. but it is still enough that it causes emotional strain yeah. or mental strain or spiritual strain. And it's something that you can work with a partner to resolve rather than escape from the damage that the partner is causing. Yeah, exactly. So obviously there are different levels of boundaries in the scenario that physical violation obviously is going to be something that needs dealt with immediately and never done again. But maybe interrupting while talking or something <laughs> might be not such a deal breaker on a relationship yeah. level. It's like, look... We want to work together to make this happen. So maybe we can work on this aspect a little bit. Yeah. So basically to just kind of take it back to where we started, everyone's got emotional baggage. Everyone brings experience and memories from their childhood, from their young adult life, into relationship, into their adulthood. It's not something to be shameful about or no. feel guilty about. Everyone's got baggage. Yeah. doesn't have to be a bad thing. It, it's good in that it helps you create and form some healthy, good boundaries for yourself and for your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such an important thing to understand is one of the things that I've struggled with for so much of my life is hearing people say, oh, they've got baggage or dude, we've all got baggage, man. Like, yeah. it's good. Just accept the baggage that you have and don't project your negative perception of what baggage is onto others who've experienced life traumas and are learning how to grow from them. Yeah. I Growth mean, and change are good and inevitable and it's going to happen. 
So, you know, if we can take some of those experiences and turn them around and make them into good, life will be shinier. Right. Just learn how to pack what the baggage you got is, and it's easier to carry. Yep. We got to understand it before we can deal with it. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's really what we want to do is we want to create incorrectly packed baggage helps create the boundaries you're happy with so you can fulfill your wants and your needs and communicate those better with the people in your life. Yeah. Which is what we all really want anyway. True. That and pizza. Yes. <laughs> we should order pizza <laughs> No, we tonight. should not order pizza. I don't know if they're delivering that in the That was just ice. humor. They're not. Oh. They're not. Sad. They'll never deliver again. Maybe it'll rain and all the snow will go away and then we get pizza. No, because they don't want to drive on the ice. Mm. You're not getting pizza. We're just going to make dinner here. Okay. <laughs> well, until next Tuesday. <laughs> I guess that wasn't a joke. I should have used the whole pizza thing. Huh? <laughs> We're going to set some boundaries about how oh. often we can order pizza. Once a week. We need to have a discussion about that and we'll go do that now. <laughs> Everyone doesn't have to hear us talk about our boundaries around pizza. Well, it's been fun, Polyam fam. Yeah, it has. We'll talk to you next week. See you next Tuesday. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsina. You can find our Facebook page in the links. Or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And, and love, love without, without limits. limits.